Welcome to the first interview of the Rough Rider podcast. Um, the first interview will be myself, Aaron Newsom. I, I thought I would take the time just to get people caught up since I'm going to be asking others questions. Um, it's only fair that I should have to answer some of those same questions and where I'm at in life. So um, when you hear me reference certain things during an interview, you can also understand some of the background to, to my answers and, and where they come from. If you have listened to this episode, uh, which I hope you will, um, this being the inaugural episode, uh, let's get right to it. So some of the questions I'm going to ask, I, I really want to know where people are. Um, Roosevelt grads have, have moved all over the country. Um, and, and I think it's, it would be really cool to start out, you know, where, where are you sitting at? Where are you at? What city, what state? So me, I didn't, I didn't get too far. I'm still in Des Moines. Um, we live in the Easter Lake area and our kids go to the Carlisle schools. Um, I've, I haven't moved out of the state. I, I occasionally vacation. Um, but with parents here, um, my in-laws are here. My mom and dad are here. Um, so we, we have stayed in the area for grandparent reason and the schools are good. Um, for the most part, there's still, it's still a nice area. There's still a lot to do in Des Moines and, and I personally love the city. I don't like the winters, but you know, that's, that's part of it. Um, as, I, as we all get older, um, you deal with the winters more than you, you care for them. So, um, bring me summer all day long. I can take the heat. I love the heat. I love to get out in it. Um, the winters suck and, and sometimes I wish I was born in Florida. So I, I didn't know any different and, you know, grandparents would be there already, but that's not how it worked out. So, so I'm still in Des Moines. I'm happily married, um, to my wife, Amanda, um, we've been together since 2002, um, married since 2005. We have three kids. Um, our oldest is Connor. He's getting ready to turn 13 here in October. We also have twins, um, who are 10 years old. Um, so it, it's nice. They're all boys, Connor, um, Calvin and Camden. So we kind of, we kind of have our hands full with those guys as they get older, um, which no complaints, you know, I, I love being a dad. We love doing things. Um, and our kids are all very different. Connor happens to be, um, he's kind of a comic book nerd. Um, and I say that with, with all uh, affection. Um, he loves, uh, Marvel comics. He loves star Wars. He loves all that stuff. And an interesting fact about that, you know, I was the fact that he's a reading comics. I, I, I like him to be reading, which is good. Um, but I did read a fact that, that comic books, um, the vocabulary in these is way above standard reading um, for kids. Uh, now, we do monitor what, what are in some of those comics because there are some, some comics out there that get quite graphic. Um, but he's not allowed to read those. But he's still, um, his vocabulary, and, and you can tell some of the words he says. Um, I just hope that they aren't bad words directed at me and I don't understand what they are. Um um, cause I'm not up with the lingo these days and, and I'm proud to say that, but yeah, uh, he's comic book nerd, no sports. The kid, the kid doesn't even like to break a sweat. Um, he, he is what he is. I, I love him for that. So, um, he'll draw, he'll watch movies. He'll play the video games. That's what he does. Um, and our kids, um, being in Easter Lake, Carlisle is just a little short drive away. So, so they're, um, that's where most of his friends are. They're in, in the Carlisle neighborhood. So he'll hook up online and play with them. You know, I, I can't get mad at a kid for playing with his friends, even if it's through a headset. That's just what he does. Um, 
Calvin, um, one of the twins, is all about sports. Uh, he'll, he loves to play basketball. He loves to play baseball. And, you know, he's pretty good at them. So I, I think that's what drives him. He has seen um, some positivity come out of sports, and that's why he stays with it. And he, he loves hanging out with his buddies and being active. Um, he's the active of the three. And then there's uh, his twin brother, Camden, um, who is into girl things. All his friends are girls. He likes pink. Um, he is really into, you know, bracelets, stuff like that. Um, and we fully support him in that. Um, he's actually the main reason that we chose the Carlisle district. Um, and we were all set to move when we are choosing places to live. We wanted to live and we wanted our kids to go to Roosevelt. Um, Camden showed at an early age that he liked girl stuff. Um, and there was no doubt about it. Um, our kids are all raised the same and he chose to put like a, a towel on his head as a blanket. He chose, he wanted to wear girl stuff uh, and this, we're talking like age two and three. So when we were looking at schools, we wanted him to go to school with the same kids from K through 12. Um, and Carlisle is one of the schools that afforded that. There are no feeder schools. There are no separate. It's one elementary, one middle school, one high school. So the kids that know him, know him as he's just, that's just Cam. That is just Camden being Camden. Um, so that's a benefit. And the, the community is smaller um, and it's really supportive. Um, and so we're happy about that. Uh, my wife, she works at the American or the Animal Rescue League. Uh, she was the vice president of the zoo. She did take a promotion at the Animal Rescue League. Uh, we love animals. Uh, we only have one animal ourselves. Uh, I should say two. We have a boxer. Um, we've rescued three boxers over several years. We also have a tortoise. Um, I myself, my current job, I insure attorneys um, out in California, which is not as glamorous as it sounds. Um, I work for Mercer, and I've been doing that for 10 years. Um, so that's all the boring stuff. Got that out of the way. It's my life, but it's everyday life. I shouldn't say it's boring, but um, let's get let's get to, to some of the other stuff. Um, that's some of the stuff you can you can get all that from Facebook. That's that's all Facebook where it's all out there. Um, I'm proud of all of that, um, but that's that's just like the the bread. Let's get to the inside of the sandwich, right? Uh, so what did I do right after high school? Uh, one of the things I did right after high school was was nothing. I played a lot of golf. Um, I worked at Felix and Oscars all through high school, and so one of the things I did um, after was I continued to work there. Um, I took a couple classes at a DMAC, um, so I shouldn't say I did nothing, but you know, the, the schedule was so cush. I played golf. I worked at Felix and Oscars and I went to DMAC. Um, then I got a job, uh, at, uh, I, I had a couple menial jobs, but I got a job in a, uh, a business supply company. It was a mom and pop, great people. Um, easy, easy to connect with them and, and, and build, um, Built something nice, and so I progressed there, and I worked there for probably 15, 16 years, uh, and then I ended up going over to Mercer, um, where I've been. So really, in my career, I've only had two jobs, per se. I've had little offshoot jobs that I tried that were absolutely brutal and meaningless, um, and I found out pretty quickly, and I'll get to that here. Um, 
a little bit later, but yeah, I, uh, man, I, w- I went to the bars a lot in my twenties. Um, I played in basketball rec leagues, you know, I just, I was a kid for a long time. Um, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. I loved it. Uh, and, and I got to, to meet a lot of people that way, um, and make, make a lot of connections. Um, which, you know, it's furthered me. I, there's a, a lot of people in this city that are coming up at the same time uh, that, that did a lot of the same stuff, and it's cool running into them, and it's cool having those connections. Um, so so going to the bar a lot in, in your early 20s, I mean, it, it did have somewhat of a purpose looking back on it now other than just drinking and waking up with a hangover. Um, so shortly after high school, uh, my stepdad passed away. So in, in our house... I was, I was the oldest kid. So it was my stepdad, my mom, myself, my younger brother, Adam, which he went to Roosevelt as well. And my two younger sisters, um, when he passed away, my, my mom didn't have a driver's license. She, she had never driven, um, her, her whole life. And my brother, he didn't want to drive. So I was the only person with a driver's license. So I, I was getting ready to transfer from DMAC, uh, up to Iowa state. So this is 1996. So this is a couple years after we graduated. So I, I left school, um, and I was the the basic means of transportation. You know, taking my mom to work, um, making sure my sisters were to school, and then you know, um, going to work myself. It was it was a chaotic time. Uh, it was a sudden passing. He had had a heart attack at age 45, um, and 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 passed away. So it was very chaotic for a, a very a very long time because. You know, your whole world and, and means and the breadwinner, everything's just gone like with a snap of a finger. Um, so that was a, a huge life lesson early on in, in my life um, and taught me some things pretty quickly. Um, but from there, thing, things got better. Um, there's a dark cloud, and, and I think that's expected. And, and many of you out there listening have also had a death, but man, it throws your world into chaos. And it's so weird because I can still remember things um from that time period it's like time kind of stands still um i can remember exactly because my mom never really dressed up or wore perfume that's just who she was so she was she was obviously dressed up for the the visitation and the funeral and to this day i can still remember the smell of the perfume she was wearing i know that may sound odd but like i said everything kind of stood still um and at that i can still smell it so every once in a while i will smell that and I'll be, it'll just take me back. And it's like a weird, a, a weird, um, memory where I just go back to that moment and smelling that. I know it's odd, but, um, it's one of those, I wouldn't call it PTSD, but it's a traumatic experience and everything is so vivid. Um, and we all have those stories and, and hopefully you'll share those with us. Um, when, when, when you come on and, and, and be interviewed. So that was kind of my, my post, uh, high school life there. So I did end up going back to Simpson. Um, after I met my wife, um, and, and getting the criminal justice, um, taken care of. And I wanted to be a police officer for a while and man, I, I made it to the finals in West Des Moines and, and Indianola, but, um, you know, things just didn't work out. Uh, I was one of the final interviews for those two jobs and it didn't work out and I'm okay with that. I was, I was never bitter because as long as they hired who they thought was the right person, you know, they know. They know who they want on the streets. And if I wasn't that person, that's fine. You know, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. As long as the person is doing a good job and keeping people safe, whatever, you know, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm 
moderately happy at my job now. So things kind of worked out. Um, one of my favorite, greatest memories of of high school is is just hanging out. We had we had lots of parties, good times at Roosevelt, and I can tell you one of my favorite memories is study hall. And I know that sounds lame, whatever. Yeah, I'm sitting in the cafeteria at Roosevelt study hall. That's a memory. You know, good job, Aaron. Is that how boring your high school life was? No. Um, this memory, I was sitting, and I remember, it, and it hit me at the time too how how great Roosevelt was, and I used to fall asleep at the table in study hall because senior year, um, I drove, um, and I drove my little brother, so I couldn't I couldn't stack my study halls uh, and leave early because then I would just have to drive back and get him, which that that made no sense. So several of my study halls, I had like three study halls my senior year. So I, I, I slept in one of them. I mean, who wouldn't? You're 18 years old and you're growing and you're staying up late and you're doing stupid stuff. Um, so I, I, uh, I remember sitting at a table in study hall um, and just looking around and, and seeing the mix, the mixture of, of cultures. We had Asian, African-American um, um, Latino, um, not, not a huge population, but we had some, and, and then Caucasian. And that's what Roosevelt was all about to me. And I remember sitting there and thinking that, man, this is awesome. You know, and, and I knew I wanted my kids to go there, um, based on that. I mean, nothing's going to prepare you more for the real world than, than being immersed in that. Um, and, and that's really one of my, my greatest memories. Um, of course I, I have the other memories too, of, of Corey Williams walking in class with the blue armbands and, and we all went marching um, around the school after um, the Rodney King beatings and the, and the police officers being acquitted. And I see that Roosevelt's still keeping those standards up. Um, their, their kids are still keeping those um, strong feelings going by doing that and good, good for them. Um, you got to make your mark somehow, but uh, there's a lot of those, those good memories. Um, Greenwood Park and you know the pink the pink Floyd laser light shows at the Science Center man there's some good stuff um so yeah yeah I got those two and, and hopefully I get to hear some years um but yeah just having that memory of sitting at a table and, and looking around and studying something so small then still has an impact today which I'm proud of uh so some of the teachers at Roosevelt um so my real dad and my mom both went to Roosevelt. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, my real dad was never in my life. Like I didn't know him. He, he, we'd see him. There'd, there'd be like seven year periods where my brother Adam and I would see him. And then he'd just disappear. He's just absent. He went off and got remarried and started a new family uh, and had five more kids. He couldn't even take care of the two boys that he had already had, which... Um, all right. I mean, it is what it is. We found out pretty quickly where we stood in his life and we moved on. No, nothing else really to talk about there. But the fact that he went to Roosevelt and he was very young when he had us, my mom was like 16 and he was like 18 meant that some of the teachers that he had were still at Roosevelt, which makes for a, a, a silly situation, awkward situation because the last name Newsom, um, is, is not very common. So I remember sitting in class um and Mr. Long no I'm sorry Mr. Holcomb 
Um, it was funny, funny again here. It was a study hall. I had a study hall with um, Adam, my brother, and Mr. Holcomb's doing roll call. And he calls out uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron New Newsom? No way. Uh, any relation to Sam Newsom? And my brother Adam, who was not sitting next to me, you know, because I was a senior and, and he was a, a sophomore. You just don't sit next to sophomores. He turns around and looks at me. We both started laughing. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, uh, Mr. Holcomb's like, so what is what is Sam up to these days? And my brother and I, I remember we started laughing. We're like, we don't know. And it was just an awkward situation because, you know, he kind of, Mr. Holcomb kind of knew at that point that, oh, okay, absent. All right, whatever. Let's move on. But, you know, it's it one of those uh, surreal moments where you let everyone know that your dad's been absent and it just creates an awkward situation. You laugh and you move on. But um, that was a that was a funny moment uh, that kind of stands out. But my least favorite teacher um, was a Spanish teacher, Miss McInerney. And I can say, honestly, she is the reason why I didn't really go to um, – one of our reunions because I saw the list and I saw that she was going to be uh, one of the people invited. And I, I just did not get along with that lady. I didn't want to go. And I know people are going to think, man, why couldn't you get over that grudge? What about the other people you wanted to see? Man, this lady was the worst. Uh, I know she was right out of college, but some of the things that she would say and do um, was just ridiculous. Um, My good friend, um, and, and I'm going to interview him, Matt Geis. Um, so Steve Davis and I, Matt's a year older, and he drove. Um, so he would give us rides home since we all grew up in the same neighborhood. Well, Matt went in after, um, after the after the day after school was out to get some extra help, which is fine. Steve and I were going to wait for him, um, so we were just kicking it around the school a little bit, doing whatever, waiting for Matt to get some extra help. I remember going in and we were just asking, Hey Matt, uh, how long are you going to be? And Miss McInerney being Miss McInerney started telling Matt that Steve and I were just using him for his car. So if you knew what kind of car that Matt drove, it was like a 1985 rust colored station wagon. Um, so I'm pretty sure that Steve and I were not using him for his car. Uh, Matt knew we weren't using him for his car, but the fact that she said that, when all we wanted to do was no, we wanted to, uh, to question how long, how long are we going to be at this school? Um, you know, what kind of time frame are we looking at? And she jumped to that conclusion. I remember Steve and I were just, we were pissed. So we just left. We walked home. No big deal. We cut through Glendale Cemetery. We're, we're home, right? Because we lived, we didn't live by Roosevelt. We lived in Des Moines. We were actually uh, bust. We went to Merrill Middle School as a middle school and then, you know, had to find our own way to Roosevelt. We lived um, just out of the reach of uh, the reach of the buses. So we weren't able to bus to Roosevelt. So we ended up getting driven, dropped off and then drove. So we walked home that day cause she, she's ridiculous. Um, another time, and this is another petty thing, but it's still something that sets me off and, and lets me know that she's a idiot teacher. Um, we had four minutes to get to class. I specifically remember that. And sometimes it was hard to get to class, you know, Sure, we socialized. You had to stop at your locker, whatever, depending on where your locker was. I remember getting to class, um, and her class was down the hall where Mr. Treadway's room was. 
Um, Mr. Treadway was there. Mr. Nyman was there. Uh, Mr. Hanna taught right there. And there was also a bathroom. Um, I had, when I got to her class, I didn't have a chance to go to the bathroom. So I asked her, can I go to the bathroom? And she's like, well, let's get past this one part. And then, you know, I'll let you go. Let's get past this lesson. So I wait, you know, we get past that lesson. And, you know, I ask her, can I go to the bathroom again? And she's like, let's just do a little more. And I said, well, and I asked her, I'm like, well, you told me to get past this lesson. She's like, you have four minutes between class. You need to be taking care of those things then. So I was not happy. So I went, sat down, we got past this next part and I asked again and she sent me in the hall for being disruptive. Now, man, I had to pee and that's not something to play around with. So I went out in the hallway and the bathroom was right across the hall. So I don't know if she expected me just to sit out in the hallway and stare at the bathroom, but that wasn't going to happen. So when I went out in the hallway, I went across the hall to take a piss. Well, I found out later that she came out while I was in the bathroom to talk to me and she thought I just left. So of course she turned me into the principal, Vignaroli. I had, I had got called down there and he wanted to know what was going on. And of course he's defending his teacher, um, whatever that's his job to do, but just the crap like that, that she pulled, like, man, I couldn't stand that lady. So that was my least favorite teacher. Um, hands down. And she's, the main reason when I saw that she was one of the people that was probably going to be invited, I didn't want to be anywhere near her. Cause you know, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to have to deal with that. Like that's a memory. I'll leave back at Roosevelt. Um, so the worst job I, I held since high school, and this is a, uh, a brutal job. I had applied through like some temp agency. I want to give that a shot. You know, I went in, and I was young. I was, I was probably like 19 or 20. I was looking to get away from the restaurant business, right? I love the restaurant business, but some of the hours, like I was working some late hours on the weekends and, and 18, 19 years old, you're like, you're just stepping into like party mode. Uh, cause you're, you're starting to reach that, that, that age where you can buy your own drink and, and go to the bar. So starting to ramp into that mode in my life. So I wanted to get like a better job. So I didn't have to work late on Friday and Saturday night at a restaurant. Um, makes sense, right? So I applied at this temp agency and, uh, I get set up with this job and, and I think it's going to be, you know, a nice office job. So I show up, it's on the South side of Des Moines. I show up at this warehouse and I go in and like, there's nobody to greet me. Um, I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing, but it's something off like a, an eighties, um, drama TV show, people are lined up to clock in. So they do like the, everyone's in a single file line. They're clocking in. I'm the, one of the few dudes there that speaks English and I'm trying to find someone to help me cause I'm reporting for my first day of work. Um, so someone finally sets me up at this little table and the job, and, and I, I, I shit you not is putting made in Hong Kong stickers. And these stickers are about an inch by an inch and you're, I'm putting those on these little, um, I think they're like car coin things. So like things you put like a quarter nickel dime penny in is like a little coin holder that would then like snap into like a console on a car, but they're already in like a little box. The box was maybe, uh, five inch by five inch square. And you just put a main Hong Kong sticker on that. And then you put it in a bigger box and then you put it in a bigger box on a pallet. So all day, that was going to be my job. 
And I remember sitting down like, man, how did I get here? Like, this is not, I was, I was not told what the job was. Um, I had no idea what it was. It, it was the longest day in my working history. Now, in hindsight, you know, I should have just walked out. I should have just left and said, no, this, this isn't for me, but I wasn't raised. I, we weren't allowed to quit anything growing up. Like if we didn't like a sport, which, um, I pretty much liked all sports, but if we didn't like something, we saw it through. Now I wasn't going to see this job through for the rest of my days. I gave them the full eight hours that day and I was done. Like I was out of there. Um, but some of these people like that's, that's what they did all day. And it did give me appreciation for, um, I mean, all jobs, everyone, everyone has a job to do, um, that makes this work. We can't all be the executive that sits at the big desk in the penthouse. Um, someone has to do the little things like, you know, bag fruit or put that main Hong Kong sticker. Like every, every, every little job matters, whether you consider it little or not. Um, and I didn't appreciate it at the time, but something over the years, as I've seen people, um, fight to come to this country that that's a job that they would start at something something like that and it's a job it's an honest job and it pays and somebody needs to do it like there's a reason they're putting that sticker on there it's not for me to question i was just asked to do it but somebody needs to do that right so why not why not let someone who wants to do it do it because that job was not for me i we'll just leave it at that like that was not something i could do five days a week so that's the worst job I had. The best job, I don't I don't really know if I've had a best job. I've never been like this is my dream job. I don't know what my dream job is, and maybe that's why I don't I don't know if I have a best job. Um dealing with attorneys now um can be tricky. Uh, I I do like some of the back and forth, but you got to be really careful cuz these guys are trained and they've got a lot of schooling. Um trained in arguing and being persuasive and getting their way. A lot of what they do um, is trying to convince you of what they're saying and doing. And I'm just having, I just want them to fill out an application um, and they have a hard time doing that, but they they can argue with, with you on some things and you don't want them to take you into their territory. So trying to navigate some of that can be tricky. Uh, and there are some big names that I deal with being out in California. A lot of these guys I shouldn't say a lot. There are select uh, few that, that you would recognize the names. They've been on TV, um, and they've had some some high profile cases of some some big name people and some very bad people. So seeing their names pop up uh, when I do renewals and such, and have to make phone calls. Of course, I don't talk to them because these people have like eight secretaries between you know you and them. But seeing seeing their names is still kind of a shocker sometimes, and and seeing some of the agents that handle big name bands and big name baseball players, athletes. It can make you starstruck for a second, even though you're a couple people removed from that famous person, but whatever. So that's, that's as close. And that's not a dream job, but that's, that's what I do now. And that's probably, probably been my, my most meaningful job as I, I sit at home and, and do that every day. Um, so I've kind of spoken about my family to touch things off. Uh, very happy. My mom is still alive. Um, and my stepdad and I just saw my mom last weekend. Uh, she lives in Urbandale. Uh, I do have my younger brother, Adam. He's still around. Um, still being a knucklehead, which is fine. 
Uh, he's a good dude. He has two kids, so I have a nephew and a niece. Uh, my sister, um, Shelby, and my other sister, Carrie. Uh, my sister, Carrie, has a son my kid's age, so I have another nephew. So it's cool. Uh, so that's my uh, little bit of an extended family there. Um, that's where it wasn't a very big family, four kids, um, but we all got along and had a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I, I like to do these days for fun um, is I'm, st I'm still involved with sports as much as I can. Like Calvin, who likes to play sports, I do a lot of coaching of his basketball and his baseball. I was on the little league board, so I try to I try to be involved with him, um, and with with Connor. Uh, we go to like uh, Jay's CD and Hobby, which is a big comic book store. We'll do that. We'll talk about. It. We'll sit down and watch movies. Like we went and saw uh, Shang Chi in the movie theater, just so I can relate to him on a level. Um, like I said, I play sports with Cal. We go out and throw the ball around. And that was something I never had as a kid, which is nice. So being able to make up for some of that stuff and be a parent in, in ways that um, were deficient when you were growing up is really, is really cool. Like that, I think that's the biggest part of being a parent is getting to fill in the voids that you have and it keeps you young. Um, and with Camden, we go and uh, we go to like five below or a place like that and, and, and pick out stuff. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Some of the looks he gets when we're out, um, I notice them. He doesn't notice them, which is, is good. The kid is tougher than nails. Like the, the things that, that he has gone through a couple times at school. Like I said, the, the school's um, very supportive, but we almost have to protect him from himself with what he can wear, um, what he wants, what he considers himself. And I know people are thinking, man, this kid's only 10 years old. How does he know? Man, th this kid has known since he was two or three and we probably get the, the thoughts, how, how are you raising a kid like that? We're raising our kids all the same. We are letting them choose what they want, what they feel. Um, we chose not to have an argument with him every day on how he should live his life. Now we're not going to let him wear and be certain things at school. Cause that would be a distraction. And that's something we're against. The teachers don't need that. Um, but we've raised our kids all the same. And I think one of the things he has going for him is he has a twin brother that is really into sports. They are both raised the exact same way. We just let them branch out on their own. So we have a kid that is super into sports and one that's into girl things raised in the same house, the same age brought up the same way. So that kind of takes the onus off of us as parents because we point to that kind of takes the onus off of him because we, show that his brother went this way he went that way so we do have that um when when we get the looks and the occasional question that, that really aren't bad but you know we we let him know we we let him, we let this kid choose his path you know it's his life um and i will say that we are very careful of some of the pictures that we post out on facebook um or other social media of camden in certain situations because we don't know what he's going to become or what path he takes in the future um, we don't, those pictures last forever. We don't want those out there of him in a, in, um, wearing a, a dress or something. If that's not what he's going to become in the future. So if there's a lack of pictures in him, uh, of him at some points, 
please know that it's it's for that reason only. We're not ashamed of him at all. Um, we support him in everything he does, but we don't want to put him in any compromising type positions for later on in his life because it is his life. Um, and that's the only reason for, for sometimes a lack of pictures of him at points because he's comfortable at home. This is his safe place. Um, so he's allowed to do um, what he wants here. And, and as well, he, he should um, to a degree, I should say he doesn't rule the roost by any means, but we want him to be comfortable in his house. And, and that includes being who he is. Um, so that's, that's that. Um, you know, that's a lot to, to take. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, one of the other questions I'm going to ask people is, what do you think of today's music? Um, I was kind of hitting on this with one of the people I'm going to interview and, and you'll find out who that person is, uh, shortly. But today's music is, and, and I know this makes me sound old. I think it's trash. Like I can't find anything I want to listen to. It's, uh, and that makes me sound old and you know, we are getting old, but man, it's just not good. It's not good. Like it's unoriginal. Um, the chorus, like these songs jump into the chorus after like the second line of the song. Like it, there used to be a buildup to the chorus. Like you'd have like a, a, a buildup that would get you there and the chorus would hit and it would bang. Um, and then you'd have more in depth and then you'd go back to the chorus. Now it's like two lines of the song. And then you're already in the chorus. Like, it's just lazy to me. Um, it's unoriginal. Uh, and, and that's where I stand with that. And it's it's just kind of sad because I think music is kind of a backbone to where you're at. Um, and, and it says a lot about your society and, and how things are going. And the fact that music is just that lazy and that quick, it's that quick to, to hammer home the point, lets you know that, man, I, I know it's a different age with information, and people want their information now, but the fact that the we're jumping into a chorus, two lines into a song, lets you know that you know society wants everything now. That's no secret, but it's brutal. It's brutal. And I can't listen to it, man. I I still revert back to um, stuff that we grew up listening to: the Dave Matthews, the Pearl Jam. Those are still my go-to's. I mix in. I do mix in like some Toby Keith. I mix in some Garth Brooks. Um, I don't mind some country. Of course, I still love rap. But if I listen to rap, it has to be old rap. Um, uh, I, give me give me Ice Cube all day. That's my favorite. Uh, I, I, if I'm listening to Ice Cube, uh, 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 that's my favorite rap. So I still revert back to to that if I'm if I have a choice. You know, I love Tupac. I love all those guys we grew up. To me, that's the golden age of rap. Like um, I think you can do maybe 1990 to maybe maybe 2000, maybe like a 10-year period where it was really, to me, anyway, my opinion, was really strong, really good. You had a nice core. Um, today, I don't even know it. I don't even know this stuff today. Uh, rock and roll is dead for all intents and purposes. Um, country is more like pop. Like just the shift in all of it is has just got me. I, I can't find anything I like. So... I queue up the old stuff, um, and I, I make my kids listen to it, which, you know, I think that's a part of growing up. That happened to all of us, right? Um, you listen to whatever the driver is listening to, and the same goes for my kids. So at least they'll be schooled in the ways of, like, you know, 
whatever the Eagles or Beatles or or good stuff like that. When they get older, they'll say, "Hey, you know, I've I've heard that." Um. So you know, there's there's nothing really. As I kind of wrap this up, I do want to say, as I interview some of the people and bring them on, um, and and we talk about things, I have a really good memory. Um, I remember a lot of stuff, big, small, whatever, about Roosevelt and about our time there. Um, and I can't wait to share that. I can't wait to um, chop that up with our guest. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think people are going to think I'm a freak for some of the the little things that I remember because I do. Um, it's very vivid to me, and I had such a great time. Um, I hope you'll you'll come along. Um, this initial podcast uh, that I'm cutting right now, um, as I interview myself, it's probably a little choppy. It is my first one. Um, I've I've been practicing for a while because I want this to be something that's that's listen listenable, uh, easy to listen to. Um, as I sit here and, and interview myself, it it may be exactly the opposite of that, um, but it it will get better. And I hope you'll come along. Um, I got two people lined up to interview this, uh, this next coming week. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and then I have some others after that. And I want this to be, um, I'm, I'm trying to do a couple a month so we can put them out there. You guys can get caught up. We can have some fun. So again, if you want to be interviewed, you want to come on and, and kind of share your story and talk about your times at Roosevelt, what you've been doing afterwards. This is open to all Roosevelt people of all classes. Let's do that. Um, shoot me a message. I'll have you on. If you want to hear someone else interviewed, shoot me the same message and let me know. Because I, I, I'll talk to anybody. I'll ask any questions. Um, you know, we just we just want to have fun. We're not here to, to, to ask questions that you don't want to answer. I just have a, a like a set of questions that are like a base. We'll veer from that, which we will, and we'll have fun. So um, let me know, um, and, I, and I hope you'll listen to this all the way through. I hope you made it to the end. Uh, it got kind of lengthy there. But I hope you'll tune in and listen to some of the other guests too uh, and hopefully be a guest at some time. So thanks, and we'll talk to you soon.